<laughs> but uh, there's a rice shortage. Right. You know, not only Asians are mad, but people that are allergic to gluten mm. would be mad. Okay, because rice mm. isn't a very good substitute for carbs if you can't have gluten. Mm. By the way, mm-hmm. just FYI, mm-hmm. not because I'm dating someone that has a gluten allergy, but it's <laughs> a real problem, guys. Okay, stop laughing at people that have problem with their gluten allergies. Not like they're trying to be fancy. <laughs> Sometimes they just, just keep people. They just can't have it. I see the pain. It's bad. But yes, there is a rice shortage, which reminds me of like, I remember a couple years back, there was like a kimchi shortage. Do you remember that? And when like all the Koreans were like struggling because there was like kimchi shortage. I remember the sriracha shortage. Oh, this I never heard. Yes, that's tough. Rice shortage? Yeah. And that's crazy. And when I told that to like Tyler, he was like, do you mean a rice shortage? Like, I don't know. Right? It's almost know. like impossible. Why would why would there be Did rice I shortage? Did I even read the article? No. You know, like I just... <laughs> but I hope uh, I hope there's enough rice. Yeah. Wait, I do you mean ra- rice as in jasmine rice or like just oh the type of rice? Because <laughs> you know what? I'm fine with Spanish rice. They're not yellow rice. Actually, very tasty. <laughs> they are. They are pretty tasty, and it's easy to cook. Yeah. Too. So. I think we need the long grain rice or the nothing about what type of rice, just rice in general. So, but it says China and India, so it's like probably white rice. Don't India have the long grain rice, like the what's it called, biryani, basmatic? Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh my god, I'm horrible. I don't even know my dad's rice. <laughs> Actually, no, he likes he 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 does the jasmine rice. So, you know, it's just fluffier and like you know softer. I bet you it's that type of rice that's shortage. That's like you know the basic rice. Yeah, it's also rice. I think if it's, it's also brown more rice. Expensive. I don't care. <laughs> if it's brown rice, I don't care. That sounds racist, but it's not. I swear, I'm brown. Okay. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> Today we have a special guest. Yes, yes, yes. Once again, uh, a guest that we were a guest of his podcast. Uh-huh. Yes, he is the host of What Kind of Asian Are You? And he has a lot of great mm-hmm. podcast episodes with a lot of different uh, kinds of Asian. A fellow Canto person in Canada. <laughs> I don't even know people. Do people know his name is Kyle? Like, you know, on his podcast? Yeah, sure. Just- yeah, right. He's like a mystery. Person. I didn't know until like he messaged us. That's true. That's true. That's welcome. welcome. Yeah, for sure. First off, thank you so much for having me. It's really, I'm not gonna say it's a dream come true, obviously, but it's it's a big thing that I'm on this podcast because yeah. people that I'm following that are like in the Cantonese sphere, the kind of thing, all like always kind of refer to you guys in terms of oh the memes that you guys do or just any videos that you get so you're on my radar all the time and to have you guys first off be on my podcast talk about your experience you know with all these kind of things and now i'm on your podcast i'm really honored but uh for the listeners and viewers hi my name is kyle i'm the host of what kind of asian are you podcast a podcast featuring conversations about being asian so that's how we kind of got connected this through mm. podcasting and you know social media and whatnot and yeah yes. um i was born in hong kong moved to canada when i was 
four, lived there ever since, okay. uh, lived and worked in Taiwan for a little bit, and then now back in Canada. Mm-hmm. We actually, in Kyle's podcast, his interview, and he's interviewed, did really good, like all the, oh my God, it was so oh pro, God. and then we listened to it, it's like, oh. wow, our voices sound good here. <laughs> Your voices sound know, great anyway, so it, it's and it always it's about the content, not not really that much about the 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 technical stuff anyways. I guess you so. ask great questions. Content matters yeah. in the whole social media sphere. That too. I felt like I was like learning my myself. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh my god, self-realization. And hopefully your fans know more about you guys, so Yeah. Hopefully. Yes, we didn't share a lot our links. Um so I was curious, like you moved to Canada, was it like um, like your family kind of move all together? It was just you went to study there. Like why, why did you move to Canada? Oh, well, it's a great story time moment. You know, I'm sure with a lot of people from Asia, especially, you know, in the Cantonese sphere, you know, and if they're aware of like, you know, Hong Kong situation, Macau situation. Yeah. I moved when it's the great 97 time. When okay. everyone wanted to move away from Hong Kong because, you know, oh. they think shit was going to go down and blah, blah, blah. So oh. my whole family kind of just migrated to Canada because we have family there already. That's when China is like, okay, you have 50 years until yes, exactly. Hong Kong. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were like two years old, so we're not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Because I remember learning that in history. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. when China took over, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, you have 50 years to be independent after 50 years. Hong Kong will belong to China and same for Macau, I think. Oh, okay. But I feel like yeah. Macau is a, in a different situation is so different that, you know, people didn't really need to like move out of Macau when, you know, things were, you know, back to China kind of thing. Yeah. I think it was a good transition. You know, I feel like the mentality is also a little bit different. I don't think Macau like um, would be as like... Um, like Hong Kong, where would they stand up, you know, in front of like the whole government, and be like, "We want this place to be ours." Like, I don't think Macau. I don't know. Maybe because we're smaller just too. Like whatever, you know. <laughs> as long as you give us some subsidies, fine. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that because I think China definitely t- took a different approach in terms of dealing with Macau and Hong Kong. Yeah. With everything like in history, like. It seems like Macau and Hong Kong, or like even though both of them are you know from China, but then they took in a different approach of how do they dealt with it in terms of Macau. It's the casinos, the subsidies, and you know every year you guys get like five thousand dollars kind of thing. Double when, now, yeah, it's double. Yeah, Hong I Kong, like but... they only recently or like they don't do it every year as well. It's only when shit goes into like uh. the fan where it's like oh we need to make sure that. The citizens are like, okay, we'll give a voucher. We, we give money out. But you guys, it's every single year because you got that casino money. Yeah, casino yes. being taxes. So that's a time uh, when a lot of people move to like Canada and Macau, like like your generation. That's when... Or UK, you think? Yeah, yeah I UK. think Canada, uh, UK, the US, those are mm. popular places. And of course, the UK, that's the number one, I think. But But yeah. That was the big migration, and mm. I was part of that. Crazy. <laughs> Is Vancouver the place where there's a lot of Cantonese in Canada? Yeah, um, in terms of Canada, is a pretty big country, uh, but like the main cities are really just on the different coasts, like East Coast and West Coast, 
And yeah, yeah. Um, I happen to live in the East Coast. I live in like the greater Toronto area. Okay. And in regards to like Cantonese kind of stuff, um, I guess, I don't know if it's lucky or whatever it may be, but I grew up and lived in an area where it's like predominantly like Chinese oh, people, where okay. in the earlier times, it was pretty much all people from Hong Kong or Cantonese speaking. Mm. So it's always where, you know, you hear Cantonese everywhere. You 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 can eat Cantonese food. Everything but... is in Chinese? <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Not like officially, but like yeah, yeah. you got all the malls that you can go to that were like Chinese like vibes. So it's like you didn't feel like you were like, oh, away from Hong Kong, really. Like people in the older generation, they could live where they don't need to learn English. Yeah, I can imagine. It's it's kind of like in, in Florida in some parts where it's just Spanish speaking and people don't really mm. need to learn English to survive there, even though it's America. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, nearby me. So it's really Spanish. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Even like wow. um I got cousins on the Vancouver side. So mm -hmm. that's Filipino side. <laughs> There's Filipinos everywhere though. <laughs> yeah right that's true it's just <laughs> like chinese you know, and filipino so they're everywhere <laughs> yeah we're just so like people please are <laughs> good for a business <laughs> <laughs> yes wait so how's your cantonese is your cantonese good? yeah yeah Ew, in terms of a cantonese i would say i don't feel um su like struggle Okay. But I feel like if I really want to put an effort on learning how to write, it's just one of those things where you just gotta have to practice all the time, or you just gotta lose it, even like, um, you like you know it all your life. Like for example, like my mom and dad are like, they know Chinese for sure, but at this point where it's like it's been like 20, 30 years since they really have to write Chinese all the time, they're always gonna be like, I don't remember how to write certain words, or like they get the words wrong and I know it. They go by the sounds of it at this point uh-huh yes actually that so, makes me feel better because i like for us it's like it's so easy to just forget our chinese but then if even your parents forget they're like okay yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's exactly. tough like writing is a, such a hard thing to do and like obviously i went to chinese school but really you don't learn from that if anything i learned mm -hmm. most of my chinese from you know, watching tvb dramas and mm -hmm. uh, reading the subtitles how Wait, old are you oh, yeah, when it's, especially when it's Chinese English subtitles, some like those old uh -huh. ones that would have it. Yeah, the old ones and the like Hong Kong movies for sure they will have Chinese and Jesus English subtitles movie. regardless any kind of movie. I didn't know so there you was could follow along. TVB in Canada too. Yeah, um, back in the day, it was a lot where like you just have like cassettes. VHS and all that stuff where you know your 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 family sent it oh. over or whatever or like oh. eventually like um the TV like progression stuff we have our own like Chinese TV station that and just TV. buys the TVB dramas to play here and then I get to watch it and then I love it yeah it's that's... just like the Filipino channel for my mom like when she does it in Macau like to be oh. Filipino channels because so she can watch yeah, all the telenovas like, and all that TV stuff, stuff. Exactly. Oh my god, they're so dramatic. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of so cool. It's nice to know that they do it too. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I didn't know they had TV here. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. 
it's it's wild how much like Hong Kong is in like the area that I lived in for so long. Yeah. Of course, now it's a little different when you know more people from China are like moving to the area. But then that's another story. But like for most part, it was very much like Cantonese inspired in terms of like you know um, pop culture stuff that I could feel and see. And also with the Cantonese food, it's like we got the legit stuff because a lot of people that migrated during the nineties. A lot of them did end up where they were like chefs and cooks and stuff because the barrier was lower. But these days, they don't want the cooks and chefs to immigrate, right? They have like, oh, you have to be IT, banking, law, all that stuff. Then you can immigrate. But back then, like oh, the the, the barrier was so much fewer. So that we got the good food. I think with Canada, like with Asian food, at least with Cantonese food, you can't beat being in Toronto or Vancouver. That's where all the good Cantonese foods are. Damn, we're so far. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, New York has some good Chinese food too. That's true. I've been to Flushing a couple times, and I have to say, I I was not disappointed. I was pretty uh, impressed. And meet up to your local standards, so you know it's a win. Yes. yes. <laughs> How about the food in Florida for Chinese food? Uh, it's not great. Not great. Oh. Um, I heard that uh, the closest like best like a, a good asian food is in fort lauderdale which is like an hour away you know like mm. with traffic so i haven't tried that yet i, I know i know yeah. it's not chinese food but is there actually a jolly bee for you though in florida has they expanded there yet an hour away Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with like florida is just huge you know yeah mm, true. I want, even even an h mart there's an h mart in orlando i think like like so far if only <laughs> Jollibee was closer than you then you have at least some sort of home yeah <laughs> actually like i i had my boyfriend like dr drive me to that Jollibee like just to buy Jollibee what's your order one time. i was like oh my god what, what's your order chicken joy spicy chicken joy with rice extra gravy and i would get the yum burger i like the yum burger because i can't decide between two and then i will also get an extra spaghetti just because yes the spaghetti is key i always get spaghetti spaghetti. too i get everything okay because i'm just like you know this mm -hmm. is just this is a long trip and i need a you know (laughs) it's worth it you know yeah and i I, like honestly you ordering the rice is so typical but at the same time i feel like as someone that's chinese like I would order the rice, but at the same time, it's too much rice. Even with fried chicken, I'd rather just get the spaghetti. I don't know if it's just <laughs> me, but it's like it seems like every Filipino will still get the rice regardless. <laughs> There's oh, always oh my god, rice. no! But that rice is just something different. Like it's like packaged, you know, in that paper, you know, that that, that packaged paper. It's just so good. I don't know what. what and then if we only knew, if, if they tell you, it's like it's the most basic stuff anyways i don't know why you like going crazy over it it's nothing it's like not better than what your grandma would make and and another comment that i i've gotten is like oh why would you have gravy with rice right because it's like gravy chicken and then wait no first of all it's like why would you have gravy with chicken because they have they put gravy on steak or something right <laughs> turkey turkey yeah. i mean they all i, I think People for me so it's like i see their it imaginations, as like bro. yeah and like with you know cantonese food we have you know food where it's like gravy on things i think one of the other main thing for people is the the sugar and spaghetti is that weird for you kyle like like it's just i guess trying it for the first time and sweet spaghetti yeah sweet spaghetti I, my... I, I love it like i would get that anytime 
because I, I like but i wish like um i could get it more it's just that i find myself not wanting to eat at the jollibee in in canada just okay. because I have a lot of lived... filipinos <laughs> there are a lot of filipinos we have several locations actually mm. but like the, my problem is like i also lived in singapore for a year and they mm. have jollibees as well because there are a lot of no filipinos there for sure yeah. as well and no the prices are way better than in canada Oof. I, so can't like, I can't justify yeah. getting jollibees here when i remember getting there it was like oh so good like see that's my problem with asian food here like i'm just trying to get like food from home but then when i think about how much it is in macau i'm like oh is it worth it uh, and they give so little rice when honestly in uh, in like in asia right they want to give you more rice because they want to get rid of the rice because there's a lot of rice you know like mm -hmm. usually but then here it's like oh here's one Small cup and it's like this is not enough. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I totally get what you guys are saying, and I think I kind of uh, feel that as well. But like, I love Asian food, especially Cantonese food, too much. And also, I'm thinking of it this way, where it's like there's gonna be less and less people making Cantonese food. So if I don't eat it now, eventually it'll go away too. Especially in like, so? the West, in in the West, because okay. no one is gonna keep going to making like the margins aren't great. No one cares to like elevated to like continue it so if i don't eat it now even at the higher price point i'm gonna not have it later on so i'd rather eat it now than later mm. if, if it wasn't for that mindset i would not eat that much asian food still i would just eat like regular white food but that's not that fun yeah that's what i wondered too yeah and because like the you know like the even like dim sum food mm. like it's not it's not easy to make. Like I recently yeah. watched a video of how like the chef makes like dim sum and how if for different dim sum like siumai hakao, there's all different types of dough to like wrap them and then it's like how do how do they make money off of this? Because it's like first you have to get the ingredients and all the skills and right, no one. It's basically just working on zero point zero zero one margin profit okay. margin probably, and that's still like not enough, right? Yeah. Like, I can't think of it's any people our generation wants to be a dim sum master at this point. But don't you think the demand will still still be there, though? Like, if there is high demand for it, because it's, it's, you know, like us doing this podcast. It will be expensive food. That's what it yeah. is. Like, fancy. Know, like... Yeah, because it's like uh, authentic Asian, oh, wait, not even Asian, like Chinese food. Like, that's like already like, oh, Dean Taifong is expensive. No, you don't, don't you think? Yeah. You... Yeah, Ting Tai Fung is, uh, it, it is expensive, but people are, I think in the West are getting more into Ting Tai Fung. They know more about yeah, it right. with Taiwan now, but, but I feel like with dim sum is like people always expect like, no, the cheap and like the, the, the quick and yeah, that kind of thing. Whereas like you go there after like a drunken night kind of thing. That's, I think the perception yes. of people in the West, but they don't realize there are really, really good Chinese dim sum that you can have that you're not willing to pay for it every week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure the ones that we get aren't like the super like five-star dim something because I assume that we will want to have it at least once a week or whatever, whenever yeah. we have family or whatever. Like my grandma, if she could, she would eat dim sum every day. Yeah. Have you been to Hong Kong? Like yeah. After um, yeah. After I left, um, there are a few summers I went early on when I was younger and then my family oh, okay. just stopped going mm 
Okay. Um, just because, you know, work or whatever. And then, uh, of course, I went back around 18, 19 to get my ID. Um, so you're a Hong Kong resident? <laughs> yes, I'm a Hong Kong resident. Hong Kong young. Yeah, I even have the Wu Hunting, but no, that's not that useful. Oh. Um, <laughs> really? You know, I really wanted to get that Wu Hunting. But like because like I had like an ink like a English name and I didn't have a Chinese name or maybe because oh my that's gonna mess you up yeah 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 it's like ah oh, you're not Zhongguo yeah you cannot you cannot get you it you needed though. a Macau passport to yeah apply for mm. for a Macau passport you need to have a Chinese name National yes yeah. Annie <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but I love how like I got it when I was eighteen okay and my my, my parents were like yeah we're gonna eventually use it. never use end up using it. <laughs> I still have it, but like I haven't really been back to China. Mm. Yeah, oh, it would be just a food trip to go there. Honestly, I mean, because you probably I have mean, family like, there too. Think about so, it. Right? It's like it's like a it's like a inverted like America. You know, like the the cheap food is the Asian food. You know what I mean? And it's like <laughs> expensive food American is like food, burgers, right? right? Good burgers and yeah. Exactly. But I think it, it it's a different kind of mindset of going to China now. You can't expect to to be like cheap cheap anymore mm. like if you're gonna go That's back you wanted like the luxury like you know you know it's, but it's... still you don't need a tip <laughs> oh yeah that's true right but then same in hong kong though yeah 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 and then um yeah and then when i lived in taiwan i went to hong kong almost every like oh every chinese new year or like you know anytime i get so Ooh, that, oh, yeah like, chinese new year you get that uh value <laughs> You get the um, gong hei ba choy. Lai si, But we don't recommend, you know, foreigners to go there during Chinese New Year because there will be nothing to do. Yeah, no, for sure. My my family in law went there. Um, well, actually, they were unlucky because it was also the middle of COVID. But like mm. everything was closed because what is it? For the first three days, they all have to stay home, right? And that's mm. a tradition. You have to stay it's not really have to stay home, but no, nothing needs to be open, so it won't yeah. be open. A yeah. lot of places would be still open just because they want money, you know, yeah. like, oh, extra, mm -hmm. I don't know how many percent, right? Mm -hmm. But still, if yeah, they're like, traditional, they usually like close down and then, yeah, close down. But like, yeah. I think I went back during Chinese year at least twice when I was in Hawaii. I was like, oh, it was good just because I have family there. If I did not have family there and during the Chinese, I'd rather just go like. The Philippines or anywhere Southeast Asia. Well, actually, not everywhere, yeah. anywhere Southeast Asia. Maybe just Philippines, because they don't yeah. have that much of a Chinese New Year thing, right? So they don't. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah. When <laughs> when you were in Taiwan, you probably had the chance to like visit all of the South, other Southeast Asian countries too. No. Yeah, I I I've been to the Philippines twice, and um, Ooh, I've been to Singapore. <laughs> Nice. Singapore. Yeah. Ooh, it's, nice. it's it's weird that I when I do tell like people that are friends that are like Filipinos and we're like, yeah, I've been to twice. Oh, that's more than I have. Or like <laughs> yeah. I was like, I I, 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 I I get why, but I also is like, oh, that's sucks or whatever it may be. It does. It does. Because when we go, we go with our families. And when we go with our families, we go to the province. And the province when we're Well, guess what? You know, I've sleeping been with to our the cousins, we'll get lice. Ooh. I've been to a province because once I went with like a friend that, you know, um, ended up just going there with her mom and yeah. then like 
She was like, do you want to come? And like, I was like, sure. And we'll, but, but we're not going to be in Manila or the main city. We're actually going to go to like the province that my mom's from. Countryside. Yeah. The yeah. countryside. And then it's like, oh yeah, sure. Did and you stay at a hotel? No, we stayed at her uh, family's place. Wow. <laughs> and it's a situation where it's like, That's it was great. That's actually, yeah, that lit. is a very province. Yeah, and then it was very, nice. it was funny Did you actually. Tabo when you shower, tabo? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. You got the local. Yes, right. Yeah, I got the local. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had fun. Like, but we, of yeah, course, yeah. we also did like the resort thing. Like, we did like where we did stay in like mm -hmm. her parents or like her family's yeah. place. And then uh, it was yeah. funny because in that province, like, we know the province is not like where everyone's still there or whatever. We literally had a chance where there was like a swimming pool kind of thing, a public one, where it was just closed. But we just happened to be able to go in. It was just the two of us. Wow. And then there was just like kids manning it for their parents. They were just watching us swim. I don't know how that happened. I don't know if it's just closed Wait, which, and they opened it up something? for us. But like, yeah. but yeah, it was fun. I where went to the it? Thousand Island as well. Oh. I don't remember exactly where I was. I just followed the log, honestly. Like, she was like, That's so cool. Just just make it to Manila. We'll pick you up and then we'll stay in Manila for a night and then we go to the province and then we, like, just did stuff there. You know, that's what nice. I like about traveling. I love, like, getting getting the, you know, the local experience. Like, getting good, best of both worlds, you know, kind of just understanding what people are, how people are, like, there and, um, yeah, ah, I hated the mosquito bites. Oh, that's yes. it. That's mm -hmm. so much that mosquito bites. And it's the oh same in like. And then my uncles took me to a to a chicken fight ring in the middle oh. of nowhere. It's like, boy, it's just illegal, you know. <laughs> you don't ask. You just do it, and yeah, you don't ask. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I wanna, I wanna get an experience, and it's like, all right, and then it's like, okay, where are we going? It's like, it's just all these men like around the cage, just like you know, with with like cash, like betting yeah, on yeah, yeah. what cock. But then it's just like this one guy taking the money, and he remembers all of that for some reason. And it's just like chickens, and yeah, if your chicken loses, then they just cook it outside. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't they? Don't they have like uh, grasshopper fights too in China? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, similar. Like they also bet on no, the any, anything so you can gamble, honestly. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I was just thinking about America. Like they have gambling for literally any type of sports, but then in Asia it's any types of animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sad, never mind. Interesting. Sad, I never but, thought you know, of that. Interesting. It's tradition. I'm not saying you should continue it, but at the same time, you know, they they've been doing it for ages that's true talk about your podcast <laughs> what made you start this podcast yeah um i started this podcast during the pandemic it was where like everyone and their mom had a podcast <laughs> you know that's the thing to do that's a cool thing i don't know if it's uh you know still something that you should be, have done but you know I'm, I'm still doing it it's fun and yeah. i think what really got me to doing this was the fact that i felt a lot of times in like, you know, just mainstream media or even in podcasting space, a lot of the voices you can hear or like stories that you hear um, typically are revolving around like, you know, mainstream media. So whiteness and all that stuff, even if it was with regarding to Asian identity and all that stuff, it's very much where um, it feeds into two things. One, where it's like, it's very white narrative, where it's like, mm -hmm. you're part of the mainstream culture, you're very white. No, no, whitewash and all that stuff. Or the other aspect where it's like you grew up where it's like, oh, 
uh, everyone hated my lines. They made fun of me, all that stuff. So there's only two kind of stories. But uh, I feel like there's okay. more stories than that, where it's like, you know, it could be Asian doing really cool things or like Asians that did not have like, you know, those really hard identity issues that they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I want to highlight that because really most of the time, not right now, recently, with all the movies with Asians and stuff, it's always, well, my family was horrible. We have family issues. Of course, that's legitimate, but it's not yeah. the whole part of it's it, right? It's not the only thing about being Asian, yeah. Like, I didn't have a like experience of, like, where people made fun of my lunches because everyone was either an immigrant or Chinese. So they were okay with my fried rice or whatever dumplings and stuff, right? Yeah. So, but then you keep hearing, it's like, oh, people made fun of my lunch. They called me names. <sighs> They excluded mm. me. Like, of course, those happen, but it's not the whole of it. And I'm noticing more people are telling me, like, well, I didn't have the experience. I live in a very Asian area. I, I, I was able to do cool things. And yeah. I want to highlight that. And, you know, you it's wanted... fun to talk mm -hmm. to Asian people. So you wanted, like, a more Asian narrative on, the, like, stories around the Asian community and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. And it's pretty cool um and i guess yeah I like also, us we're weird you know we're asian but it's like yeah, we you don't know, fit in that narrative asian. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you, you guys make it where you're outside the narrative but still very in the narrative so, <laughs> with what you guys do <laughs> and you're doing well like, people resonate with it even though you're not part of the you're the outcast yeah. but people still relate to it heavy it's like a little yeah a little bit on it's dark that soon <laughs> okay, that's, I don't know if that's have you best. taught that phrase yet? Have you have you taught no, that phrase? No, actually, yet? not yet. <laughs> you should tell you, you should, should you should teach it. guys saying that like, oh, I love to do this. <laughs> and say that to their girlfriends. <laughs> oh my god, real idea. Real idea. Real idea. Um so my yes. question is from all the guests that you've had and all the conversations you've had in your podcast is there anything like um like uh i guess different that you've learned about the different kinds of asian um or something interesting that maybe not a lot of people know not necessarily something, something i didn't know but something i found really interesting or how i kind of try to make my podcast interviewing people different from myself is that i'm trying to find more stories where it's highlighting that no no, the always narrative is like Asian people in the West, in the West diaspora, they hate their family dynamic. They they're not proud. They yeah. they 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 have bad relationship with their parents. But I've been interviewing more and more people where it's like, hey, I love my family dynamic. I I want to preserve those you no know, legacy traditions and stuff. And they're doing it through content creating. Like, um, I interviewed Randy from Made with Lao YouTube cooking channel where wait he, is is is. You said, is he the son or the, the dad? He's the son. What? Yeah, so so oh. it's it's a situation where he made it a point where, you know, he's doing this content creating because yeah. of the fact that, you know, he wants yeah, to preserve yeah. his dad's legacy. So I love that ab about, like, the Asian diaspora stories where it's like, yeah, they're trying to preserve family traditions. And I love and it because they have a very warm feeling when, when he posts, like, these stories. and I just want to show off, like, what, all the cool Asians are doing because I think it really helps with like younger kids and seeing like those people that are like them, like what they can do and what they could aspire to do, like provide that motivation. Because I think one of the biggest thing I um I subconsciously wanted to do and someone like 
I interview like mentioned is like you are creating that show with voices that you know me as a 15 year old kid would love to have heard so that I could feel less alone or mm. I could know that oh it's okay I can like someone else is also going through it and that you know it's no words of like advice and affirmation that is like things will be okay or well there's a way to get beyond you know, dealing with your identity issues because I think as a kid your identity is so so um important or like the biggest thing you're thinking about for a lot of things other than of course like you no know, school and other things right yeah no it's true and I remember when I was younger I was like when I saw Wong Fu Productions like on YouTube <laughs> I was like ah oh, and right Niga Higa you know I was like ah oh. it's like it's and I was then nice the, the OGs the OGs yeah it's it feels good so that's nice I, I really like that like what you do and then kind of just like you know for um the younger i guess the younger generation to see what's out there and what like the agents but i think you guys are doing it even more because <laughs> you guys are like making like like casual being funny and you know still teaching cantonese where you know a lot of people are like oh it's, it's it's dying or whatever i wish i could learn more and you're providing that outlet for them to like you know make it easier for them to look up for those resources or material because it's hard learning cantonese regardless of like if you have all the materials yeah no it's true you can't learn everything from the books you gotta be like living in there knowing the people you know the slangs and everything you're the messenger to you know cantonese now <laughs> on tiktok <laughs> we're all we're all <laughs> but thank you um okay so last question important question what is your favorite cantonese food or slash underrated Cantonese food you can choose. Okay. Um, two comes up to mind in terms of my favorite. It's ha siu fan. Ha siu fan. And then I'll put a cha cha tan food is gok ju pa fan. Oh. Oh. Pa and that's and like... you can't remember to get a lai cha or no ling sui <gasps> or ling cha. <gasps> Yeah, you know her and Gong Lai Cha. They just know how to do it. I don't know how it's so. This rich. magic, just accept, it, it, this is magic. This yeah. is gotta accept. And like I try to like get like those packages, you know her and Gong Lai Cha. Like it's, it's not the same. It's not. I don't feel the the richness, you know. And like tongue. if you can find a good spot, you go. You need to hang on to that. Like. <laughs> okay, so Cha Si Fan and Gok Ju Pa Fan. That's like uh. See, cha siu is the type of stuff that's like, you know, if if the seafood stops making it, who's going to mm. make it? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And you can't really make it at home, honestly. People say it'd be like, <laughs> home cooks, you're not able to. You you just Hang it don't... in your window. <laughs> I, I know, like, Randy made recipes, but, like, his dad is a <laughs> chef, so he knows how to do it. But uh, as a home cook, I, I think no. you're not going to, you can't compete. I, I do have to confess, I have tried following Made with Lao's recipe, but I used like a freaking oven to make tasu. <laughs> and how was it? Um, I could I could taste the resemblance, but it's not as glazy, as juicy as tasu. You have to season it with imagination. <laughs> did it did it uh, fix your craving? A little bit. It did help, but you know. Yeah, it, it did help. It was good. And I, I I think I would still use this recipe. You know, if, if in the future, Chasu just disappears in restaurants, 
I would still use, keep using this made with lava yeah. recipe. Check them oh, out. Can I guys. tell you? Can I say my like underrated food as well? Oh yeah, sure. Go go. Underrated food, I would say, is all the uh, street food. <gasps> People oh. don't really think about those, like Gai Bin Siu Mai Chuan Fan, Wun Zai Qi, Ao Zhap. Oh yes, Ao Zhap Gali Yu Dan. All those are, I think, Whenever really underrated because I think for tourists, they have no idea how to order. So that's why they will never. Yeah. That's true. And, and they're like, oh, it looks dirty. I don't want the health. Really uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's not like clean or. So good. Mm -hmm. But on, honestly, oh, cha, no, cha dai chen. All those are so good. <laughs> cha dai chen. But I, again, those are it's really hard for Chipotle, like. Chipotle, by the way. Chipotle, you can actually get some. <laughs> but honestly, those are too hard for like foreigners to really order because it's on the street. I get it. Like it's quick kind of thing. Like they're like you may, and then you have to quickly yeah. like tell them. It's stressful, and like, if you're like, "Oh, I don't know what I want. What's this?" You can't ask, "What's this?" Because like everyone's waiting in line, and then you know people are getting five dila, five dila. What What's your guys underrated? I don't remember. I think I said mala. Tao fu fa. Tao fu fa. Yeah, you said mala. You're not gonna get them with the texture. You're not gonna get them with the texture. If they're such texture people. Yeah. It's gonna be it's, so weird for them. It's so it's true, I guess, right? Like, oh, I love texture of food and the like. Yeah, the tofu is just like it's almost like water. It's just so smooth, yeah. like. You know? I don't know. Non-Asian people are so iffy about texture. I don't get it. <laughs> That's true. but oyster has but weird for me, texture. It's like, I like like with the different textures. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, oh, mouth some kind of flavor, right? Like, easy to bite. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, like, yeah, you're right. I feel like non-Asians with texture is weird. It's like, but like people like, like oyster. Like oyster is like the texture is slimy a little bit, and but it's like fancy oyster. food, you know. So are your partners okay with the texture of, of a lot of Asian food, or they're like, eh? Mine is, yeah, yeah. Mine is. Oh, okay. that's good then. Like my, yeah, it'll be tough yeah, if they're no. not. It would be sad. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, they're, they Delphi definitely file. know what they're getting into. What about what, what, what did you say? Malaiko. That's underrated. I don't. Is do you think people order that? Like, because I don't see so much. At least not, you know. Because it's always ha gao su mai char fun, you know. Malaiko is not so like. I I think people don't think about ordering the desserts in dim sum if they're exactly yeah yeah. Mine probably change over time just because I'm that indecisive. But I think tofu fa is a good, like, underrated food. Right? Yeah, you're right. You know what? Actually, my boyfriend didn't like taho. What's taho? Taho is basically tofu fa, like Filipino tofu fa. You know the one, the sweet white. It's white. It's it's the same as tofu fa. Taho. Does What's the difference? Like... Exactly. I don't think there's a difference. It's like the white. It's white bean curd. Yeah, and I think he doesn't like it. No. Yeah. Mm. Right about the texture. <laughs> Kyle, thank you very much. Do you for... want to add anything? Do you oh, yeah. Shout if you want to shout out. Yeah. Oh, um, again, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. And um, really, yeah, really fun conversation. And if you want to find out more about me, my podcast, just find us on any streaming platform. Look for What Kind of Asian Are You podcast and uh, follow us on Instagram at What Kind of Asian Pod. And yeah, yes. uh, keep supporting Asian stories, support you know, Outcast from the 853 and all the Asian creators that are doing great things. And uh, 
keep the language alive through you know memes and videos. Yeah, and if you want to hear more Asian stories, you know, and a lot of different backgrounds, go to his podcast and check it out. And thank you very much. Like and subscribe. <laughs> thank like you. And like subscribe. and subscribe. Yeah. Bye, bye, bye. Carl. Thank you. Bye, Carl. Bye. bye.